James, a very good morning to you and welcome. A good morning. Pleasure to be with you as always. So Hamas threatening more October 7th style attacks? Indeed. So they've said this before, but they've said it somewhat more frequently in recent days. And the problem with it is that they're saying this at a moment at which Hamas and uh, Israel are at loggerheads over um, over a ceasefire and whether a ceasefire should mean the end to the war. Now, if Hamas continues to say, well, we're going to repeat October 7 attacks whenever we want and are going to strike far deeper into Israel than we did last time, then, of course, those in Israel, including the prime minister, who are opposed to ending the war, have something very strong to point to, which is after four months of war, Hamas is still intending to attack us. Pro-Israel forces have step, uh, stepped up attacks on Qatar as, as Netanyahu is uh, thwarting ceasefire and prisoner exchange talks. Indeed. So, as mentioned, uh, there's a major difference between Hamas and uh, Israel over whether or not a ceasefire means an end to the war. But on top of that, uh, Net- the Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu has repeatedly now also put down conditions, including a refusal to uh, release a large number, uh, thousands, as he has said, of Palestinians incarcerated in Israel. Uh, And what you're seeing alongside that is that that there are increasing attacks on Qatar, which is the main uh, mediator in, in these talks to try and get a ceasefire, end the war, achieve a prisoner exchange and the release of the hostages, um, essentially saying that Qatar is Hamas rather than that Qatar is an independent uh, country with relations with both Israel and Hamas and therefore capable of uh, mediating an end or in any case some sort of resolution or pause. And these attacks on Qatar by media institutions and others that are aligned with the Israeli government are indeed intended to undermine Qatar's role as a mediator. Now, how do you see this unfolding in in, in the coming weeks? What's the political mood like in Israel? Uh, What sense are you getting from uh, Israel's main allies, the US, the UK, as as they continue to pound uh, Rafa? Well, I think those are two separate questions. Uh, On the one hand, Netanyahu is caught in a catch-22. With other words, if he makes concessions, that would help lead to a temporary or a permanent ceasefire, uh, potentially an end to the war, then uh, his cabinet could fall apart because the far-right elements within uh, within the government do not want a deal. They do not want an end to the war. They do not want to uh, even temporarily halt the war. And they're willing to sacrifice the hostages for that. On the other hand, of course, Netanyahu is under severe pressure, both domestically from the families of the, uh, of the, uh, the hostages, as well as internationally, to... Uh, agree to a, to a prisoner exchange deal and a prolonged truce uh, 
I think we're hearing a plane come overhead uh, right now, or it's actually a helicopter. Um, but um, uh, at the same time, he's under severe pressure from the international community to uh, to make the need necessary concessions and to end the war. Within the international community, only one country counts when it comes to Israel, and that is, of course, the United States. Now, the sort of common wisdom is that uh, Joe Biden phones Benjamin Netanyahu and says, stop the war, and Netanyahu immediately puts a phone down and orders his troops to stop the war. That may be a very simplistic uh, uh, portrait of what that relationship is. The United States has certainly, certainly has leverage. How much leverage it has is really proof in the pudding once it exerts that leverage, which it hasn't done yet. Now, human rights and sports integrity activists are struggling with how to handle a Saudi World Cup. Indeed. So the uh, if you look at the Qatar World Cup, you had a 12-year run-up in which there were all kinds of campaigns for human rights, for women's rights, for workers' rights, for LGBTQ rights. Uh, and Qatar had an interest in working with groups like Amnesty International and Human Rights Watch, to whatever extent, uh, to try and respond to some of those demands. Ultimately, if you look back at the at the Qatar World Cup, what determined Qatar's success in hosting uh, the, the tournament and in the reputational benefits it reaped had very little to do, do with rights and very much to do with all kinds of other pillars of um, Qatari, uh, uh, Qatari soft power. In the case of Saudi Arabia, it's very different. Saudi Arabia has proven that it could not care less about what... Uh, all kinds of activists want. Uh, not only does not care about what kind of activist, what what activists want, it doesn't care about what the United States wants when it comes to um, uh, to to human rights. And it's poked the United States in the eye repeatedly. So what this means is that as you have a run up of ten years to what is likely going to be the 2034 World Cup in Saudi Arabia. Uh, activists, human rights uh, activists, labor activists, and so forth, are going to have to rethink their strategies if they really want to have an impact on Saudi Arabia. And finally, then, Red Sea tensions threatens uh, Saudi's mega projects. Indeed. So you have, as a fallout of the Gaza war, you have the Houthi rebels in Yemen attacking shipping in the um, Red Sea, and you have uh, the United States and various other countries uh, retaliating with missile and rocket and drone attacks on uh, military targets in Yemen. All of this is, not, of course, not good if you are building uh, mega uh, cities and, and resorts and sports facilities along the Red Sea coast, which is what Saudi Arabia is doing with Neom, the $500 billion futuristic city, or the revamp of the uh, of downtown Jeddah, 
uh, that's going to scare investors away who are already skeptical of some of these projects. So the more you see the tensions in the Red Sea rise, the more this is going to affect uh, Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman's uh, economic diversification plans. James, thank you. Thank you for your time as always. It's always a pleasure. Thank you.